I still right. get like weird. Um... Oh yeah, so oh, we're live. Sorry, you get weird. What? All right. Oh, I, I get like weird feedback every once in a while, but it's all on my end because I've I've noticed it in meetings before too. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't come up over, over the recording, so it's clearly like one. I think it's like a power surge in my my little Steinberg ah, controller thing here. Like a like a yeah. Power surge, like you said. I think I'm like I'm splitting. I'm splitting like a hundred things into my my uh, power outlet here. <laughs> like I have like one of those like like I got it from Costco. This like mega splitter into like twelve different outlets. I've just filled it full of so much shit. It's definitely super bad. But yeah, and is it like half hanging yeah. up the wall, like just halfway in the socket sort of thing? Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, I'm sure that's what it is. It's just like every once in a while, it's just like, yeah, we can't give you all the power that you require for this thing. So yeah, just you're because some we, weird stuff every once in a while. Just because we give you the option to add 12 outlets doesn't mean you should jam 12 things that are all high power into it. Yeah. That's funny. Sorry. What have you been up to, man? It's been a while. Um. Well, I mean, not too much just because there's only so much I can do with work, but... Um, I went hiking the other day and I found this really sick spot for like fossil hunting. That's a thing? Um, it is a thing. Well, I mean, it's like a dying thing. <laughs> Cause, okay, so this got me super amped up, right, about fossil hunting because I found all these really dope, like they're they're mostly like plant. It's like plant stuff. Or like, I think right. uh, mostly what I found was crino- crinoids, which they they're, look kind of like corally, but they're actually a, an animal. Um, but uh, like an ancient animal, like an ancient, like corally looking thing that was in the ocean. How do, how do you know that? Um, well, just because I scoured the internet looking for trying to figure out what these were. Did you did you like try like in a Google reverse search, like image search? No, I, I wonder if actually, that would I work. That. I would be, I'd be curious if like like the lens camera could figure it out because that would be super cool. Oh, that would be wild. Uh, that would be crazy. Um, but um what i did do though afterwards was so i i looked all, all over like what where's the best place to find fossils in in ontario and there's this spot called hungry hollow it's a couple hours away from me and it's like it's famous for being this amazing fossil spot um and you just you but you can't just go there because it's like a protected well i don't know how it's protected but it's like private property and you need to you need to get permission and you can only go on like geological society sanctioned trips right, to right. this place. They don't want anybody just going but, there messing it up. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they don't do them very often, but they um and and they basically are done for the year. And because of COVID, they've had like none, so you can't like. There's basically been not a lot of people up there. Right. But I called the guy that does it. Right. I emailed him first, being like, "Hey, like, is there any way to like get access to it? Like, how does this work?" And uh. He just like sent me, he sent me his number and was like, call me. Like, okay. That's so mysterious. Um, yeah. So I, I called this dude. His name's Bob. Of course. Um, Bob the fossil, Bob the fossil guy. And, uh, and he's just like this super passionate fossil hunter guy. He's like, oh man, I gotta like, you gotta come over to my house and I'll show you like my, my collection. And, uh, and he's, and he's all like amped up telling me all about the stuff that you can find there. And, um, and telling me that like in the next like week or two he's he's hoping to like take a trip out there and so he'll take me that's so cool 
he's like, I'll just give you a call and uh, and just like bring you up there and we can look and he's like, oh man, there's all this stuff. I don't even know what it is right now. So like, we're going to, we're going to find all sorts of cool stuff. It's like, like you got to work really hard and, and uh, dig for like several hours and a lot of people don't have the, you know, don't have what it takes to like find it. But you know, if some people, they had a good eye for it, they can just find every single time somebody finds a trilobite or, or whatever. And you just found like um, a, a side quest, like a full like mini section of your life, which is just gonna be like, oh my god, Bob the fossil guy. Let's just go back to him, and that's such a wild. That's so cool. Like you can find. You're just like, I wonder if I could do this, and all of a sudden you're just jumping right into the weeds. This guy's taking you on like a full on archaeological dig. Yeah, this dude, this one dude is just gonna take me into the woods and help me find fossils. Like either, either that I, or the thing kill is, you. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking you to this place that's full of nothing but bones. So, um, you know, if you see some like human bones, those are those are old bones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh no, like it it's actually something I was thinking about was how our generation doesn't really have this kind of connection with people where you just like call people up and and have them I don't know, like go on adventures with people. Like this dude is just so down to adventure with me. Yeah, he's well, he's um, probably never this is you're probably the first person that has come across in like, I don't know, maybe ten years to be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? <clears throat> yeah, well, well, and the other thing was he he was saying like, I'm just I'm really trying to get young people interested in this because they're like they're our future, you know. Um, you're just trying to get people away from the damn TV. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, man, like it's crazy to think that that there's this here's this guy that just like wants to bring people out and search for fossils with them and can't find anyone like seriously like to me that's crazy that's like something i've been wanting to do for so long yeah and well um one of my first like memories with you or, or whatnot is like your entire rock collection that you used to have and like so that's like right up your alley like kind of a throwback right back to when you used to collect all that stuff yeah I'm, i've always been super interested in in that type of stuff right geology fossils but but um and the uh, yeah, these fossils are super interesting just because it's it's like here's a snapshot of what the world was like 100 million years ago. You know, it's like yeah, and you can just you can just look at it and see like a perfect. I don't know. It's it's just you're you're looking at your natural history, your the natural history of life. So so cool. Um, but yeah, he was just telling me all the stuff I gotta like get and stuff that'll make my life easier. So I got this like rock hammer and all this stuff to to bring up. I, I don't know when we'll go, and I think it it like it may have like it. There was a skiff of snow the other day, so I don't know if that will have. I, I don't know how what the altitude is where we're right. going. So I, maybe that's snowed in now, but but um, we'll see. Anyway, would... like at least sometime soon, or maybe in the in like after winter. But yeah, because I was gonna say like the ground must be pretty pretty cold and hard to uh rip up hey you guys have snow yet yeah i think there's um not at the moment we had a little skiff but but it didn't stick around right yeah we got actually absolutely but, uh... murdered with snow we got like five feet well not not like five feet at once but we got like a foot and a half in like the span of like seven hours and so all of our cars were like fully packed in apparently that never happens in saskatoon so i'm taking that as like a thing that shouldn't <laughs> happen again um i'm gonna call bullshit on that i you know i figured that too but everybody that i talked to was just like man we never see snow like that and i was just like huh isn't it always like minus 50 here like like what the heck so currently it's been like 
the weather's been super nice. It hasn't been super cold, which is something that is never something that they told me. Yeah, this has never happened. And also it snowed a foot and a half, which apparently also never happens. So at this point, I'm just convinced everybody in Saskatoon is like lying to me about what it's like. And maybe <laughs> it is like a nice place to live. You know, people are just trying to right. fend off. That's, that's my positive attitude about it. <laughs> cool. All right. Man, I was just thinking maybe I should just move to Ontario and just like chill with you and just like go on adventures and shit and just like, hey, you want to go dig up fossils? Sure. Fuck it. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Are you planning on staying on in Ontario for like I guess for foreseeable future probably, eh? Yeah, at least the next so I guess minimum two years, but probably more than that. Um Maybe I'll move out there during the summer. Because like the the funding I'm applying for right now is for three years. Like that'll extend my PhD. And then basically here as long as Catherine's here, so Right, right. And was there any update on like that? crazy thing that you're talking about or is that a private thing we can't talk about um yeah i'm well it's not private but uh i no updates i won't know until april whether i get oh it. i see right end of the year that's awesome stuff so, not for a while cool cool yeah. man i have uh yeah it's a good i was also so i was talking to my counselor and whatnot and i was like when i moved from Kelowna to saskatoon my my idea was like oh man Kelowna people are you know this and and it's just i just not really feeling anything right i was feeling kind of meh so i moved to saskatoon in hopes that all that would change um and it's pretty much just been the same kind of experience and so i was talking to my counselor and i was just like well i mean like i don't know i'm just feeling like this everything's just kind of going as normal he's like i think you're just bored like i'm getting the feeling that it's very meh right and i was just like yeah it's exactly what the attitude is and he's like well wasn't that the same that you're feeling in Kelowna?" i was like well i mean you're right so then I was like, okay, well, it's obviously not the place that I'm in. It must just be like me um, or the, the things that I'm doing, right? He's like, I think mm-hmm. you're just bored. Like, I think you need to, like, like you're, you're kind of like a leader. You need to go and do things. And, like, you can't just, like, I, for example, like, a big thing I've been changing recently is, like, I'm not really drinking as much, like, on the weekends. And, like, I'm really not interested in going out to, like, bars. And just for the sake of, like, doing that, I'm finding that whenever I do that, the people... Um, that I'm with are kind of just like what we used to talk about, which is like people that talk about things in the past and not like ideas or like things that drum up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, there's something about living for the weekend that is a very, um, yeah. And then <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to say low class or, but I don't know. I don't really know. It's I, not I guess fulfilling. It's, just, it's not it's not fulfilling and it's not intellectually stimulating exactly and and um like especially if you're like drinking like you don't remember most of it anyway and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. saturday is a write-off if you partied hard on friday so then you don't even do anything saturday you're not even a life form on saturday you wake up on sunday pretty much and then you're just like well that was a waste and then you probably just feel so depressed about not getting anything done and you just kind of sit there and loaf around and watch tv all day and so mm-hmm. I've just been like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm just not really interested in that. I do like my one glass of like whiskey or whatever on Friday, but I'm finding that I'm, I'm channeling my uh, efforts into like, okay, I'll, like, I'll have a glass, but I want to like program. I want to like build something, right? That's been like a big thing with this company and whatnot that I'm doing. And so I'm actually getting back into that and like not partying and like not going out just for the sake of there's something to do. It's just like, no, no, like I'm... 25 or whatever and let's just like 
Like nothing's going to happen in my life if I don't make it happen, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so my counselor was like, man, you, I think you're just bored. Like you should be like, you're from what we've talked about. You seem like somebody who's like a leader. Like you want to like make things happen. And like you, like the same thing over and over is not uh, fulfilling or like it's not intellectually, you know, stimulating. And I was like, you know, what? that's exactly right. And I was like, well, what the hell would you suggest I do? And he's like, well, I mean, personally, I think you should go kind of back to school and become and get like a uh like a self-coaching kind of not a degree but there's like a uh an aspect of that that schooling has and he was like or i mean just start a thing in your community and i was like that's an interesting idea and and he was like well for example in Kelowna and across the world there's this thing called the november project and basically the idea is that once a week um you get up super early at like five and you meet everybody at a certain location and you just go and do some exercise whether it's a hike a run a jog a walk you just go and get coffee after and like you meet chat with people and just kind of hang out and i was like man that sounds exciting um and then he's like well there's also other things like toastmasters and i was like oh that's really cool and so i actually went to like my first little toastmasters thing yesterday morning it's super early again and it kind of falls in line exactly with what you and I kind of set up to do in terms of like progress our communication and our speeches. Um, it just so happens there's also a bunch of leadership potential in terms of that that group or whatnot. Um, so I'm just kind of finding that little things and like I'm probably going to join this Toastmasters thing. Some of the chapters are a bit more clicky and culty than the others. And this one seems to be like most of them are a bit older people, which kind of is unfortunate because I mean one of the things I do want to do is like meet cute girls, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's definitely pretty good. And it was really interesting meeting yesterday. I, I found it quite, quite cool. So that's just, uh, kind of what I've been up to and trying to figure out what, what to start or join, or I don't know, just trying to be more, like you said, intellectually stimulating. Mm-hmm. I've heard great things about Toastmasters. Uh, I've never partaken, but, um, that it, it, does a great job of what you're kind of setting out to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, a new guy in high school that did that. Um, and like, I remember like I was like studying for a test and he was like trying to prepare a speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh man, you're doing that like on top of school. Yeah. It's just That's kind of, you know, it works it, out. It, you yeah. know, you get comfortable talking in front of a group and uh, that really pays off. There is not a single job or especially when it comes to like moving up, into leadership positions where talking in front of a group is not like one of the most essential skills. Yeah. And it's also one of the most like, what, what is it? The biggest fears in life are death and like public speaking or something like that. I, I don't know if that's a true quote yeah, or a fact or something. Like that, it's, but. That, it's that the public speaking is, is, the, is like the most common fear. It actually ranks above death. Right. Which is why you're, if you're at a funeral, you're actually better off being in the casket than being the person giving the uh, um, the eulogy. There eulogy, there we go. I was going to say the monologue. Yeah. Like, eh, it's not a monologue. It's, it's like a, it's the opposite of a monologue. Yeah, polyamorous monologue. Or polylog. Polylog? Yeah, I think that's a Pokemon. Um, it's a polygon. Polygon. Yeah, multiple sides. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's also like kind of cool how they do it. Like basically how Toastmasters works is like the idea is to get comfortable, obviously in public speaking. Um, there's also tons of leadership 
roles within each meeting. So no meetings are the same. You don't ever have like the same chairperson or whatever, right? Um, so the roles get switched like every day. Um, this is like mm -hmm. an example of like like the week thing. So you got like, oh, it's backwards. But you know, you have like this week is- Oh, actually it's, it's, it's right for me. So oh, like, I can cool. see it. Yeah, so like this week is, um, th these people are doing these things. Next week is this one, next person, next person or whatever, right? So you get experience in all these different okay. different things, but it's not just like you go up and there's one person that writes a speech and everybody gives feedback. It's kind of like um, they follow a very strict schedule of events, right? So they have like an opening where the person doing the opening it might be the Toastmaster or the chairman. I honestly can't remember. They do like a short and everything. Um, there's like a person who's like the timer and everything is timed. So it's like, uh, and at, at middle of the meeting, we get like a timer report and the person um, practices like how well they've been paying attention to like the timing and they're just like well the openings took five minutes and 42 seconds we went on to the next thing where so and so gave uh, a minor thing it took 45 seconds so everything is like timed there's a person that's called the grunt master and grammarian and they basically say uh, they count how many people or how many times people say ums ahs or like <clears throat> grunts you know so it's really cool you get like feedback on that um there's uh, at certain portions um, a table topic master who like there's a theme for each week. So this week was blend in or stand out with question marks. That's so kind of like, would you rather blend in or stand out? And so the table topic master is responsible for creating questions within that theme that then they ask the question and then point to like a random person to like give a minor speech about that. Right. And so it was really cool because there's there's usually two speeches that are prepared um for like one person whoever's doing it so you have like the week to prepare but every single person within the toastmaster meeting gets in a chance to practice like impromptu speeches and just um get out there and like okay how do i answer this and and you're really focusing on like okay good intro good body and a good end like in all of your speeches right so the idea is that eventually when somebody asks you a question or you're telling a story or whatever it is, there's an intro, middle and end, right? So it's really cool like how it flows and like, um, I'm pretty excited to like see how the next couple things go. Um, plus they buy you breakfast at Starbucks every morning, which is <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, I find it find it cool, cool, pretty cool. There's a quiz master at the end that quizzes like the group on um, like kind of listening comprehension and figuring out oh so and so um said a story from when they were five what was the color of their shoes or whatever right so you, you get really good at um listening and whatnot um mm -hmm. there's a few other ones there's like a joke master who like comes up with a joke or not comes up with one but like presents a joke and like their delivery and comedian talent is kind of tested there um so it's pretty it's pretty interesting i'll have to give you a more kind of like play-by-play -play, uh, once a week so that's when it happens every tuesday at like six in the morning so cool no that's fantastic man yeah that's i figured awesome. i figured the same way i look at it as counseling it's like there's no way it's gonna hurt you know and one of my goals is mm. to um obviously improve my communication and then b become like a better leader because i'm you know at the the, at the helm of a company or so and like how how i'm not gonna do that by going out on friday and getting pissed up right mm-hmm Mm -hmm. I've been really kind of prioritizing recently, trying to figure out, okay, I have all these goals for the future, but I'm not going to get there just working nine to five, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been a Yeah, very... I guess like where I'm at, 
in terms of those skills, you know, those presentation skills and and leading skills mm -hmm. <laughs> um, really comes from what I've been doing in the lab, right? And and uh, presenting research and stuff. And but the thing is, is that we don't really we're never taught that, and there's no real formula to it. We've generally just you see someone could do a good job, and you kind of try to emulate that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, they teach you this what they're like, doing. Yeah, but the, yeah, where this this that you're doing really is like a formula that works, and they will teach you exactly how to do it and how to do it perfectly over time. Yeah, and I guess right? the goal would be eventually that you don't have to think about the formula, right? It's kind of like subconscious. Yeah. So everything that you're doing isn't really like you're thinking. Okay, I gotta, I gotta consciously make the decision to have an intro a body and a conclusion the idea is that you just give so many minor minor and maybe bigger speeches that eventually it's just when you're talking your ideas flow very well because you're subconsciously picking the things to say right yeah um, yeah i mean it's it's like it's like learning an instrument or right it's just practice we don't practice that skill ever exactly you know we and the way that we speak is very much a a a noodling yeah it's very you know, unplanned on a, on a guitar it's not it's unplanned it's not um it's formulated it's very passive yeah it's very passive um compared to you know and and the same is true with an instrument right you can spend hours and hours just messing around mm -hmm. but you don't actually really get better until you you do the actual learning of the theory and all all and the the theory and the scales and the like the things that build your your um dexterity and you learn songs which are examples of things that have been well done before um yeah and then and then when it comes to improvisation or or writing your own stuff you know maybe at first you you follow those formulas but just like you were saying with once you've practiced enough it'll just come naturally and you don't think about the theory ever again exactly and i find it really interesting the um because like you said, in labs and, and very like in my work, I have to give meetings and presentations and demos constantly, right? But I feel like that's a very, that, that's still like a skill inside of your profession, right? So it's like, I have to, I know exactly how to run a meeting, but based on my profession, right? Like if somebody, if I was like at a, like you said, a funeral and someone's like, would you, who would like to say some words? I like probably everybody feels like a bit of anxiety be like oh man I hope I don't have to do that you know and that's just part of the speech like so I've I've practiced giving meetings and presentations and demos but I've never really had to give a speech at or like talk freely or talk impromptly it's things that I've been able to plan and and even the meetings um, are part of this Toastmasters thing because you run a business meeting that goes over okay do we have any new members have they paid their dues? Where are we at with the breakfast budget? You know, that kind of stuff. And I've been in meetings at work that have been totally overrun by people that are not like the leader of the meeting, right? And the meeting does not have any sense of direction. And it's kind of like, why are we having this meeting at the end of it? Right? So you practice those skills too, where it will improve probably every other aspect of my professional life in terms of giving demos and giving meetings and any sort of structured communication basically so i'm super pumped to see if that um pays off and i'm really hoping that this toastmaster thing isn't going to end up being like a 
clicky kind of well you have to go out there and recruit and you have to go out and do and do x y and z and if i have to do some of that i hope it's on the i hope there's no like um what, what do i say like reward or i hope they don't like um require that you know i hope it's something that's like man i've been doing this it's been really well for me i hope i would like you to come but it's totally i'm not trying to pressure anybody right right <clears throat> yeah you're hoping it's it's Organic. Very much organic, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's not like a you're not trying to fill a quota or anything. Mm -hmm. And also, it's just it's really good because I, for example, the hardest part for me um, in this Toastmasters thing so far was just getting there. Right, it was at six o'clock in the morning, so I had anxiety, and I was just like, man, I. Oh, I have to go join a thing like I got to go and meet people and it's like that part was the most uh, anxious part for me I can get in the room once I'm in the room even when they're just like okay do you want to do a uh, or um, there's a question asked and it was like and I would like Tyler to answer and I was like okay everybody stand up and then you formulate your thoughts for like 10 seconds and then you have to give like a minute speech impromptu on the answer right and that I was a bit nervous for but most of it was just getting there and meeting the people and like putting yourself out there being uncomfortable and i i love that i don't love the feeling obviously i don't think anybody really likes it but i love the part where you after where you're like yes i did that right um and it just so happens yeah. too that like at the end you give like awards and stuff like that and they gave me the award for the best uh table topic award oh nice although i figure they probably do that to every new member Maybe. that does like a, a thing but or not a member because i'm not even a member i was a guest at the point but uh, right, right. you know i figure it's kind of just like a shit you stood up and you gave a thing and i guess okay that's the best even though if it wasn't the best grammatically or whatnot but so it's an interesting uh piece i'm super pumped for the next one anyway yeah i mean that that's something that still gives me anxiety right is every time there's a new person joins the lab there's always let's go around everybody introduce yourselves right and it's like this should be something that i've done enough times <laughs> that i should be pretty good at. yeah but i still suck at it i'm always still going over in my head being like i hope i'm not the first person that has to do this because i need to think for a second about who i am and what i do <laughs> yeah and you <laughs> and want, i'm gonna phrase it you because that's like your first you never get but a second like, first impression right yeah but i mean this is you you know you should be able to describe this better than anybody ever and you should be able to you should be able to describe yourself pretty well. You should know yourself pretty well, right? Exactly. And that, that's actually... a two-minute intro to who you are and what, what makes you different. Definitely. And that's it's funny you say that because of the first speech. I guess, like, in order to become, like, a distinguished Toastmaster, you have to, um, over your career as a Toastmaster, give, X, like, a speech on this, a speech on that, da-da-da-da. The first one, I guess, as a member is to... Um, you kind of said it like word for word it's like um by now you've heard the speeches by club members and have probably participated in table topics this is your opportunity to give your first prepared talk and break the ice the best way to begin your speaking experience is to talk about something familiar yourself and so like the first speech <laughs> that you do is exactly what you said a it's, it's it's six to eight minutes or whatever but um which is crazy amount of time to give a prepared structured thing and you're not reading off of a piece of paper it's like the idea is to write basically what they what they suggest and this is really cool that i learned outside of everything is that when you have to give a speech you write a speech out on paper or like type it mm -hmm. out or whatever but then you go through the speech and you pick out a keyword 
in like each paragraph or sentence or whatever um or or kind of like the key thing then from there you take that keyword and you put it on a on a card and so basically all you have are just cues and keys on the card and the idea is that you practice it so much that you're basically reciting for the most part from memory but there might be a few things that you change on the flow or whatnot um, but they always recommend to memorize the opener and memorize the closure because those are should be your two biggest hooks and it should be very obvious when you're done nobody hates a thing where they're just like speaking for five minutes and then all of a sudden they're just like and then you're just like are you done or not or <laughs> yeah you know? right you so, need to have finality to it that's it okay that's interesting so okay. i'm gonna learn so a lot from that so you mem you memorize the uh, what would be the int would would the intro be like a sentence or would it be like a like a paragraph or like the opener how long is an opener yeah i'm not too sure um i guess just a ve the very like whatever you're introducing the topic with or, or however you're doing that yeah it just says a memorized beginning and ending enable you to start and finish your talk with confidence and ease so i think the, right. the main idea is that you memorize whatever you need to like feel comfortable and confident so that you're opening up and you're not immediately starting in like the the shitty spot of your speech right you're not just like um i'm tyler marshall and um uh, this is a speech about myself um, and and this. This would be like, I'm Tyler Marshall from the day I was born to this point. Da, 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 da. It's a it's very right. confident thing. And then you just get right into your points. And if you want to elaborate a bit more on the intro or not, um, you probably can. But at least you have the you you know exactly what you're doing, whether it's a sentence or two or three or four or whatever, right? So that's what they mm -hmm. would recommend, which is interesting. I've never really done that. I, yeah, I guess the idea would be that when you're just about to start, you're not. You're not scanning your brain for the first thing to say. You already know what you're going to say. Yeah, exactly. And the same with the end. When you're ready to end, you can just end. Yeah, and then people Whereas know that it's an ending between, because it's not. Yeah. So then, okay, so you write your speech out. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, so So then you have a, a keyword for each topic, I'm assuming, or for each paragraph or whatever you break yeah, it up. Yeah, whatever you feel like, I guess. However you break it up. Um, and then... You're not memorizing necessarily the grammar, but just the content and using that word to kind of build your your presentation. Yeah, I think the idea is that you write the speech out so you know what it is. And you practice probably giving that speech. But then when you're ready to go into a more professional setting, instead of bringing a piece of paper up, you just bring a note card with like, so that you're not just being like, oh, what was I, what, what came after this, right? I think the idea is that you mm -hmm. look down and be like, oh, right, that's my next point pause for a few seconds and then just begin and maybe it's it comes out exactly as your speech maybe it doesn't but at least the idea is that whatever comes out is flowed naturally um and that's why right. i think they give you a spread of like six to eight minutes is because if you memorize a speech you can time yourself and slow yourself down and come up with the same time every single time but there's chances are mm -hmm. things are going to change and whatnot so it's uh it'll be a very interesting thing i was pretty pumped on what I should say and kind of, like I was already trying to form it I was mm -hmm. like oh man this is cool like I feel like I could do it no problem but at the same time I bet you everything changes once you get up there and you have to look at and you're just like whoo time to go you know oh yeah I've froze before and freezing man <laughs> that's why I, I uh, always whenever people have given presentations before I generally try them to tell them not to memorize speech mm -hmm. um, just because it makes you a little bit robotic too but but 
the, the idea of not necessarily memorizing word for word, but just memorizing you know, a structure makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I like I, if you also if you memorize like word for word, and you forget what comes next, then you freeze, right? Then you're screwed, and you and then everything yeah. like closes. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had a class that was it was called uh, Communication of Science to the Public. Cool. And we had to give a two-minute presentation. Uh, I don't remember what it was on. I think it was just on whatever you wanted, pretty much. Um, it was just two minutes. And you'd be surprised how, like, this is like a third-year biology class. And I'm, like, probably like a quarter of the class memorized two minutes worth of content. Right. Which you would think is not particularly hard to do. But you can tell who's memorized it and who hasn't. And the people that have memorized it, it was of those, that quarter of the class, probably half of them froze at some point. Yeah, for sure. Where they're halfway through and then they just stop and they just stare at the whole crowd. They don't know what to do next because they've forgotten the word that comes next. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what was that word. And and then that's when the ums, um... And then you know they're not comfortable with the and silence, you're, and right? You're trapped too. Oh yeah, and, and it's a it's a positive feedback system, right? Once you're freezing, you just freeze for longer and longer and longer. Yeah. You know, like you're because now you're thinking about the freezing, yeah. and then you can't remember what. And you're that then about. you're thinking, oh man, I don't want to say something to break this because I don't know what. Yeah, and then it's just exactly such an uncomfortable position to be in. It's uh, I'm pretty um, like in in where my first introduction of this kind of came through was when you did PowerPoint presentations back in school or whatnot, right? They always say, like, don't read off your slides, put like five points and then just talk about them, right? And it was always the most mm-hmm. boring presentations when somebody went up there and it's just like, what do you think I can't read myself? Like, and they're just like, and so mm-hmm. the brown fox jumped over the little red cat and um, this happened, and then it's just like. Yeah, I know. I just read that myself. Like, why? Why are you just going up there and reciting yeah. what's on the screen, right? So I, I actually got yeah. Like, decent I, at that. I also, COVID has also kind of screwed me a little bit <laughs> because for my quali- qualifying exam, which is the first large presentation I've had to give, right, half an hour, um, uh, it was online, right? Because it was online. I could base I I just wrote out the whole presentation in my notes for each slide. They they can't see my notes. Right. I was able to just read my presentation. Um which works quite well if you've read it enough times that you can say it organically. Right. But it also means that when it comes time for me to do a seminar next semester, <laughs> I'm basically going to it's going to be my first time doing a, actually it's probably going to be virtual again, so whatever but <laughs> but uh but maybe for my for my defense in a few years or you know a couple years from now maybe that'll be the first time i have to give a live presentation right <laughs> or like a like a like decent length um presentation i i, I know I've, I've given like 20 minute <clears throat> ones for undergrad thesis right. presentations i did quite well but again it's just there's something about the difference between a 20 minute presentation and a 45 minute presentation mm-hmm. a lot of things uh, that can happen a lot of things that can happen in 45 minutes 
I think, though, also you have to take into consideration like your expertise in the subject, right? I think a big part of, let's say, freezing or like messing up a presentation, um, for example, computers, we have to do a couple project presentations as well. Um, and everybody forgets that at any point somebody can ask you a question and stop your presentation. And then you have to kind of, and I find that if you knew what you were doing in your presentation, whether or not you were reading verbatim off of a sheet of paper or not, you would have the mental fortitude and skill set to answer their questions and then kind of come back into it. Even though you have a prepared thing, you could go off the cuff if, if you know what you're talking about enough, I think. And I think True. when it comes to doing a presentation for yourself or whatever, um, I would probably, if I was you, maybe try to have like a piece of paper obviously prepared in case you need it. But maybe also just try the card thing as well and, and maybe have a couple points so that you're not um, just reading off that. And I think if you use the silence in a talk as it should, you could pause for 10 seconds or so. It might feel super awkward, but then that gives you enough time to kind of figure out where you were and then continue off that. Mm -hmm. But Because I think like giving a presentation for that is more so based on your expertise in the subject for the past four years not necessarily writing something out and presenting it's not not going to be easy obviously but i think also um you're not giving yourself enough credit in terms of how well you know the stuff you're talking about i think mm -hmm. right bless you <laughs> that was one thing uh the silence giving like even the table topic I had was like a minute and 40 you kind of like start going down a path and it's very obvious that I don't have the skills for like an introduction a body and conclusion for speeches right because it's apparent in when I'm speaking in terms of like you, you're just like I don't where do I go next right I don't know what I'm saying and then I was I said uh like I gave the the question was um for the theme of the day was blend in or stand out like I mentioned and the question to me was, when is a time in your life where you were either blending in or standing out? Or I think maybe the question was, when is a time in your life that you're standing out? And so I had like 10 seconds to like think, and I was just like, what am I going to say, right? And so yeah. then I stand up and I'm like thinking, and they're just like, oh, by the way, this time right now doesn't count. Um, and so I was like, okay. So I gave it like probably 20 seconds, and I was like, a time in my life where I had to stand out um, was in martial arts, and I was competing, and then I kind of went into the oh, you're in the middle of the ring and you're in front of everybody and you're standing out. And then I said like, but you're also, once you're in that ring, everything kind of goes away except for you and the person. So you're kind of also blending in at the same time. And so I kind of gave mm -hmm. that, but my thoughts were kind of like all over the place because what I wanted to say, I said, but not in the way that like, I was like, fuck, it could have been so much better had I been able to format, uh, oh, uh, time when I st stood out was competing and then you jump into like the body section where you'd be like and da, 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 and then the conclusion would be like and that is a tire whatever you end up saying like I don't have those skills yet so I don't know but mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. was it was very apparent I was like man I got a lot to work on you know yeah yeah I, I don't even know what I'd say at this point <laughs> yeah it's it's really strange because there's a few things that pop my head and I was like I can't say that or I don't want to say that like and you obviously just forget about everything that's happened in your life up to the point that in your room, right? So that doesn't help either. Um, but it was what was really cool 
was the people that were like the distinguished Toastmasters. They've been doing it for like 10 years. Those guys can talk and, and the girls. Like I was like, holy shit, there is a vast difference in skill and experience here. And it's, you can tell like they they ran the business meeting that was just like, fuck, I've never even seen some, this is so efficient. And like somebody, the, the idea is it's, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like the old school um, education style where it, when you speak, you stand up. So if you're asked to call upon, you have to stand up and only one person can be standing up at a time. And so there's a few times where they were talking about the business meeting, somebody would stand up and then somebody else would stand up and the meeting was like, no, no, you, one of you guys has to sit down. And one of them sat down and it was just like, well, that could have just prevented an entire five minute thing where it didn't need to happen, you know? And so they, the one person got to finish their, uh, whatever they were talking about, the, the business topic, like, like it was just like, um, the university here wants us to have a Toastmaster pair up with a couple students just to give a, an idea of what we do or whatever. Um, and then the person stood up and was like, oh, well, I think we should. And then they was like, no, no, sit down, let them finish. And he answered it the guy's question and he was like oh no i don't need it i don't need it and i was like wow that's that's interesting if you could have the ability to be like shut the fuck up this person's still speaking or if you're done speaking sit down right so i found Mm -hmm. found that very just like the skills that you can get i saw firsthand i was like wow that's that would be so cool to be able to command yourself and people are looking at you and you can tell a story and you can formulate your thoughts and people are just like this guy knows I don't know what it is about this guy, but he's intelligent, you know? There's something about that that what's interesting about it is that you don't actually have to know what you're talking about at all, you know? And and I've seen this, too, with, with people being asked questions that they don't know the answer to in a presentation. Yeah. And some people, they just, you know, they struggle. They try to answer maybe a slightly different question. They kind of... They, either they mold the question to be something different, which then shows that they don't understand the question. Right. They just say, uh, well, I, I don't know. Or they maybe they defer to their professor. Right. It's something you shouldn't do, right? Because it's like you're being asked the question, right? Not, yeah, not, not your lab. Um, or you, you know, it, it, there's, there's different strategies. But some people can say they don't know in a way that is very intelligent right would that like be an example speaker, of like oh i, don't, let I me can't really up with you or yeah yeah basically like kind of demonstrating that you know what they're asking uh demonstrating either that you can think about it or you have thought about it right and then saying that you know this is something we focus on more or or right. they're trying to find a way of, of respectfully saying I don't know yeah and in, in, a, in a way that doesn't make you look stupid right so, so it'd be like oh so you're, so you're what you're saying is what happens when XYZ does this that's a very interesting thought um, that is something that we will have to add to our you're basically like taking their feedback or, and saying like or wow I, you know I haven't even thought of that that's a really good point Right, and then try to think about your entire experiment very, very quickly, and, and think <laughs> of how you maybe have already kind of. Um, yeah, be like, I wonder if what we did here would be applicable to that specific thing. Yeah, or is there something similar that you can say kind of helps give lend some information, mm-hmm. but maybe not a full answer. Right, uh, but but never lose, never going away from the actual 
Yeah, you're still question. acknowledging yeah, they, that you don't, I don't know. know. There's, there's just there's a skill. There's a skill to hearing a question, understanding it, not knowing the answer, but still being able to provide some kind of information that sounds like an answer. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's exactly it, and I think that comes down to. Um, like what I was saying before was your expertise in the subject. If you know your subject inside and out and you're not really memorizing that, because obviously if you memorize a chemical formula, but you don't know what the hell it is, but you know what it looks like, you're not gonna be able to answer anything about that. You'll be able to demonstrate what it looks like, but you'll never be able to answer anything and you won't be able to build on any prior experience if you don't know how you got to that place in the first place, right? So I, I think that's exactly right. And I think that's uh, people that freeze obviously can't have that skill and people that don't know anything that can't have that skill. And I think if you absolutely know your criteria, you still need that communication aspect to let them know, Oh, we did something like this, but I don't know how to explain it. And then you just end up bombing that part. You're just like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's like, Oh, if you thought about it and you had the, this communication skills, you could relate that you've know where they're going and how they got there. You don't know what is the expected outcome, but you know, you can relate to them. That's a good point, like you said. And um, I wonder if what we did here is applicable in the same ways, but we would have to research that or add that to the docket for next time. Or mm -hmm. as I always cop out and say, that is a very good point. Let's take it offline so that we can discuss and get back to you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the exactly thing. It's like, oh, I don't know. Or in the age of Zoom, sorry, you cut out there. Can you repeat that question? I missed everything <laughs> yeah, you said. Dude, people say that all the time. I'm like, eh, you just didn't hear. You just need more time. Yeah, it's obvious <laughs> that you were just not paying attention. Like, yeah. Although that being said, like, there's some professors that have very broken English, and I'm amazed when the person understands the question. Yeah, I there's a few people that I've had to talk with as well, and it takes me the same amount of time that they spoke to be like, oh, I got it. And somebody else is already like, oh, so you mean that it is like, how did you get that? Like, yeah. Did you comprehend that? But uh, yeah, there's a skill to comprehension just to start too. but I don't know. I feel like I'm not particularly good at hearing too. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually general? true or yeah. I would I mean, love to I test that my hearing. Yeah, I don't actually know. I guess you go to a what are, what are they called? What's an ear specialist called? I don't know. Uh, ent? Wouldn't that just be ear, nose, and throat, or whatever? ENT. Yeah, maybe an ear, nose, and throat. Yeah. Which I found was a very weird thing that you could specialize in ear, noses, and throats. So I was like, I guess they are all connected, but that's weird. Yeah, they're all connected. All the cavities are. But I, yeah, I don't know. Have you seen those people that think the COVID test is like? hitting their brain and just like tickling their brain cells and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a piece of bone between your nose and your brain. Um, <laughs> called your skull. Or it's called, but... <laughs> yeah. But well, well like, like the molecules that go through your nose do actually go right at, into your brain and touch your brain. But there's, there's a sort of porous, right. Um, platform between your nose and your brain that those molecules have to get through if you're sticking something up your nose you're not gonna unless you have to break through, through it. it i guess yeah. like the yeah i think i guess when the egyptians would um, mummify. mummify 
they would go through the nose to take the brain out, right? But they had these big like metal hooks and stuff. I feel like they probably broke through that. I feel like they probably broke through a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they care too much about you. <laughs> no. But yeah, I, I don't I, I definitely don't think the uh COVID test is touching your brain. No, I don't I don't think so. I feel like that would be a well and like they've given diagrams. I think the thing is too bendy that it just goes down that like it goes up and then you know th- back because like for example i had to get when i was younger uh, my throat looked at um mm-hmm. for a cough i had and i was like oh okay we'll just stick a thing down my throat it's like no no no, we're gonna go up through your nose and then guide the camera back down and i was like that's weird why <laughs> yeah and it was it was the most uncomfortable like thing but it's it's very similar to how people shoot spaghetti out their mouth through their nose or whatever right um, yeah, yeah, right. But uh, I was also just like, get the KY out. I guess we'll just lube this thing up. And, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. And I was like, oh, I could see my nose stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Hurt when it came cool. out though. Yeah, I bet. Nose anal beads. Yeah, it's probably a terrible feeling. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Same time, yeah, though, it's almost kind of nice, you know. Like it's like one of those. You're just like, oh, it's like a huge like nose booger. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Probably the yeah the feeling of like re- the release of the pressure is probably really, really nice. Yeah, feeling. like if you think about when you were sick and you were plugged, because you can't breathe through that nostril that has a camera up in it. But then having that just slowly disappear is like one of the craziest experiences. You can't ever experience that unless you stick a fucking camera up your nose. Yeah. So it was really cool, but it, it was also not. It was just, like you said, pressure. It was, it was it was one of those things where it was like, I don't know if this hurts, but it definitely doesn't feel good, you know? But also at the same time, mm. it feels really good when it's when it's done. Right. So how is COVID in? Has there been any more restrictions? Because we've been getting absolutely bombed. Um. Yeah, I mean... There's like hot spots where they they put more restrictions on. Um, Guelph is pretty safe right now. We're not safe, but like it's not a hot spot. Right. Ontario's yeah. Ontario's been totally fucked by COVID. Um, not as bad as Quebec, but we've been. It's crazy. We've been now restricted to five people gatherings, including your house. So like, if you have a family of six, you just can't have anybody over, and any like you can't have any more. Right. I made a joke. I was like, "What well, does that mean? The families of sixes they like pick who they ship out and stuff." But um, that was not the case. <laughs> um, and then like all bars and restaurants yeah, yeah. last calls at ten, and a few other things. Apparently, sports teams can still, which is good because I okay. Still train. I guess if you're outside, well, like indoor different. as well, like hockey. And, oh, is that indoor as well? Oh, okay, yeah, squash. Cool. Okay, yeah, interesting. I found uh, hmm. that picture of my mustache, by the way. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna grow this out for when you guys come. Ooh! It's wow, great. you look like a real redneck. <laughs> it's pretty gross. I wish you could get the other side. <laughs> right there. Yeah. It actually, looks really good though. So, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Rednecks. Rednecks have ruined some. Uh, some pretty nice. Uh, some facial hair. Facial hairs. Also, Hitler Styles. has also ruined a few of them as well. <laughs> yeah. Like Harry Chaplin. Yeah, Chaplin to be fair there. though, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Yeah, I, I feel like that that look was never particularly good though. Really? Yeah. Like I, I don't. At least I don't 
think like maybe I've been like socially taught that that's not an attractive look, but well, I don't, I don't think that, like I think if more people looking. had it, it would be more acceptable, right? It's not because like yeah. Genghis Khan had a beard, so it's like well, beards are nasty. It's just like that's just a gross looking mustache, and it just so happens yeah. an extremely bad person <laughs> had that, so it's just now like why would you want that? Yeah. Yeah, somehow Stalin got away with it. You know, like he didn't. No one's, everyone's okay with mustaches. <laughs> yeah, many dictators have had mustaches. Yeah, I think there's just a certain point. You're just like, like that. Okay, that looks good. You're still an asshole, but it looks good. You know, Hitler's just yeah, like that. Looks like iconic. shit. And okay, like nobody's gonna have that naturally. Yeah. So. I guess maybe if you took like a like a super good looking dude, like a model, and he. Like if all of a sudden like Brad Pitt had like a Hitler stash, that would be maybe a, it would change an interesting experiment, a social experiment, you know. Yeah. I wonder, like, if we think it looked good. Yeah, because they would either bring it back or it would destroy him completely. Right, it would destroy <laughs> him for sure, like guaranteed in this climate for sure. Yeah, but like five years down the road, you'd see like maybe a few people pop up with that and. I think it's the same thing with with um, like like that handlebars thing. You know, it's just like that's a mm-hmm. redneck. But if somebody really good looking had that too, you'd probably be like, or or I think also somebody really funny had that. I think it would be you'd be like, okay, that looks yeah. ugly, but it's obvious they're doing that because it's hilarious looking and not that they're trying to be stylish, right? Mm-hmm. Same with a mustache, really. I mean, yeah, it's, like a, it's like a biker thing. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it actually doesn't look too bad when you got the stubble too. Like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I guess so. I, I hope it gets like real long, like Zoidberg yeah. looking like covers my my <laughs> whole lip. I don't think it will, but and then I think when I when you come down, I'm gonna try to get the handlebars back and surprise my dad. Be put on the list somewhere. Nice. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it looks good. Thank you. But like, I've done that before when I'm just like, as I'm shaping, I'll just be like, man, what does this look like? Oh, I love that. That's like the best part yeah, about being able to good. grow. Like, I can grow, like, this stubble is like three days old. Um, and so, like, I get a lot of chances to experiment, which is pretty sweet. I love that. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been, I, I like, well, like, usually I had a beard for three years, or I like a, a very short beard. And then I was super self-conscious about like shaving it because I was just like, man, I, I like the way I look like this. And I was like, I just feel like I look young. And then one day I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I, so I just shaved everything off. And then my dad was like, man, you look really good. And everybody else was like, wow, you look really... And I was like, did I just look like shit for three years and nobody said anything about it? Like, um, But then I think it was just more so just like, ah, you know what? That comes from inside. Like if I wasn't super self-conscious about myself and like I don't get... Like you don't need to look good to have people like you or whatever right like that if you if you interpret yourself as not looking good then people will interpret yourself as not looking good because you won't have any confidence when you walk around and whatever else right mm-hmm. there's also something about that like surprise <clears throat> um effect where yeah you go from not looking particularly good to like cleaning up and looking really good people will really notice it and it, i think it might even amplify how good you look 
Oh, for sure. I, I even find, um, for example, like some days I'll wake up like I am today in sweatpants, a toque, like haven't showered yet and maybe a shirt or whatever. And then yesterday, for example, I was in a suit without a tie, uh, over like, you know, looking good. And like the way I carried myself and the way I came back to work and the way that like you just you even drive differently. Like it's, it's very interesting how much of an effect your appearance has on the way that you conduct yourself. When I'm wearing a suit, I cannot slouch. Yeah, I stand exactly. up so straight. There's something about wearing a suit that just instantly you just feel like such an accomplished adult. <laughs> yeah, you're like I can I can see why like people like they used to make that that was professional attire. You know, you you look good when you go to work. It just gives you this feeling of like put togetherness. I think also. If you think about like it primes, it primes you for success, you know. Yeah, and and your manners do change. For example, in sweatpants and clothes that I don't really quote unquote care about, like I'm probably much higher to like wipe my hands and my pants and like you know crumbs and and like like I probably don't care as much about certain things. Whereas if I'm in a nice suit, it's like I don't want to wreck this. Whatever I do, I mean, I'm make extra care where I'm walking and make sure I don't step in a puddle or like make sure that when I'm drinking, I don't spill anything or, you know, like you said, like sitting up straight, stuff like that. But there's also physical things where you're just like, oh, this is a nice suit. I don't want to look like a shit. Whereas if you're in street clothes and just like baggy pants, you're just like, I don't give a shit. Like get a bit of mud on your shoes or it's like a whatever, you know, like you don't, you don't care about them. But when you care about how you look, it's like, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, you kind of give more respect to yourself. Yeah, and then people exactly. treat you different too. Probably less likely to swear. Like, I'm sure, there's all sorts of psychological effect. Definitely, very true. And I, I wonder. I, it'll be really interesting if people will do experiments or have conducted experiments based on the whole COVID working from home um, aspects that we're in now. I wonder if productivity has gone down overall because of you know the need of not having to go in there. Um, I'm very interested in hearing about people with depression and how that has affected them. Like people that are depressed obviously don't want to leave the house already, but now it's like you said, the positive feedback loop where they they are like, oh, by not leaving, I'm doing something good. Therefore they stay in. And then all of a sudden when the world goes back to normal, it's just like all that anxiety that they used to have to face is going to come and bitch slap them in the face because now they have no choice but to do it. And it, it's going to be astronomical. I think the effect um, you know, obviously financially, yeah. emotionally, and mentally. And they're already seeing effects, just like <clears throat> suicidality is gone way up. Um, depression's gone up. Like all, there's lots of studies looking at mental health right now, and it's it doesn't look good. It make it makes you like I don't know. You you start thinking about the balance, right? the balance between the restrictions and the effects. Exactly, and like another lockdown, I. I feel like they can't do it economically. I feel like they wouldn't mm -hmm. do it because of the emotional and mental impact as well. Like that will ruin some people. <clears throat> you know, I'm trying to make the best of it in terms of like, okay, now that like, like for example, I'm kind of happy that bars and stuff are closing because now it even feeds that, okay, I don't want to drink and I don't want to do this and spend yeah. money, right? I'm trying to save more and be more responsible and having those vices shut off is a good way of preventing that from happening. Um, so I'm kind of 
thankful in that like i'm trying to look at the positive in terms of that but for example if my gym like my like brazilian jiu-jitsu was to shut down again i'd probably lose my mind like because then i go from working full-time at home to never needing to leave the goddamn house and it's just like oh my god that would not be good for me you know yeah yeah i think it's good to have something that gets you out of the house that's not social Yes, definitely. There's not a lot of things like that. Um, but like going to, well, <laughs> not the gym, obviously, but the, because I've been, I've been running, not like huge distances, but just every morning, every morning. Um, what time? Really good. <clears throat> um, like six. Nice. AM. Nice. Um, and I just got these sick new shoes. They're for running in the winter. Nice. They got like spikes on them. Yeah, they got these little tungsten spikes. That's sweet, like golf shoes almost, probably. Hey. Yeah, actually, here I'll sh- I'll show you what they look like. They're literally sitting right here. Sweet. They got some dirt in them, but I <laughs> like these. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah got yeah. The, like they go up high, so they don't they cut the snow out of your. That's sweet. They don't let snow get in your ankles, and then they've got these little little like ah studs metal studs on the bottom yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome so, so you're not gonna be like yeah. that couple i haven't, I haven't had the... a chance i haven't had a chance to actually use them in the snow because it hasn't snowed yet but right but, uh, they're really comfortable nice and i'm i like i was afraid that the spikes might like studs would fall out or something but mm-hmm. it seems to be quite sturdy but if you look at so studded far. tires those studs hardly ever fall out like i got studs on my tires right now actually um Brand new winters, by yeah, the way, think... if you ever had a, uh issue with me driving from Saskatoon to BC. I got brand new winter tires studded on, so we're good. <laughs> Hopefully. Lots of parent comments on that one. Lots of, like, my parents, Catherine's parents. Being oh, like, yeah. I don't know. Driving to... My parents being like, you're going to drive through the Rockies in the middle of the winter. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like, I'm not. Tyler is. <laughs> Um, I've done yeah. it like a few times, so it's not, it's really not that bad. I don't understand oh, yeah. what people like freak out about. It's like just go slow. You don't have to take a corner that says eighty at eighty. You can go sixty for that one corner. Yeah, and exactly. Not fall off the road, you know. Yeah, go go slow, go slow. And if you have like proper winter's tires that are studded, you're golden. I think like most of the bad experiences they've had have been, or at least my parents has probably been <laughs> trying to. Trying to do that kind of shit with all seasons. Yeah, exactly. And like the difference between all seasons and winter tires is crazy. Winter tires are just so so good, and I think they've gotten better too. Like, oh, definitely. Like technology. I don't know. They they just seem to be. They seem to be really friggin' effective. Mm -hmm. And just like knowing, like your skill in the weather too. Like when I was in Peachland, for example, I would go and rip up shit all the time and just like figure out. I was like. I don't ever want to be in a position where if I'm sideways, I don't know what to do, right? So you're just like flying down the highway and you're popping the e-brake and you're just like, okay, let's just figure out how we can get out of this, right? And, you know, usually at end of Wendy's, you're closing and it's like 10 o'clock at night. Nobody else is on the highway. So you're just like, fuck it. Why not? Like, let's just do this. And all of a sudden, I'm just going to drive 100 kilometers and just start twisting my wheel and just seeing what happens, you know? Like, (laughs) I've done the drive to Alberta in the winter like three times now, which is not, yeah, survived, obviously, Mm -hmm. so far. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said for totally just like 
knowing what it feels like. I, I, I always do that when, even if, if I'm just walking on ice or if I'm driving on ice, I'll always like, go stationary, I'll kind of put on the, the accelerator a little faster than I normally would and, or put on the brakes a little faster and just like getting a feel for how slippery it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I'm ever... just driving according to the conditions, you know, it's exactly you, you just change the way you drive and you go very carefully and you slow down way in advance. Yeah, and if there's anything that you see in the horizon that could be a hazard, then you just you like, okay, assume the worst. What's going to happen? Okay, well, I, just slow down. Who cares if it takes you an extra 10 minutes to get around this one kilometer? It doesn't matter, you know. Um, yeah, or if, you know, I mean, cares if there's people behind you, just like slow down yeah let I, them go slow for too. that reason i wish i had like a taller truck because like people that like are on your ass they have bright lights even if they're not like brights on like high beams there's you can it's still just like oh this is so annoying like whereas in your truck you can't see behind, you, like it's like hey, be as close as you want to me i don't care like <laughs> i don't even see you um so that's the only thing i wish i had a higher vehicle for and the only reason the only thing by the way that would prevent us from going is if like physically it snows so much that we can't leave like and that i'm hoping it's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. apparently they don't get a whole lot of snow here um so i'm hoping that's fine um but that that like as far as like ice and stuff like that i'm just planning on taking it easy and um you know if we're we're not trying to get there in one day either right so that's gonna be a nice part as well get to Banff. yeah totally we'll take our time yeah exactly Jumping like Louise. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Take a polarized tip. I'm down. You want to do it? Actually, I would actually love to do that if it's something that is possible. I think we should play it by ear. I don't know if that's something that will kill us or... Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like if like, we were to do that, then what ha- would happen is one of us would go in so the other person could like... Cause, exactly. I was yeah. thinking about this. I was like, we would have one person that is like the person that has all their gear on to like pull somebody like out or something pull you out exactly exactly it's like you have to have like the safety net person yeah and then you have to have like a really hot car that you can like go back into really easy yeah we'd have to be closed like we'd plan it out yeah and, if, and like not a honestly, place where I, I think we should try it oh yeah dude 100 percent. that'd be sweet i i did yeah. it um i didn't go fully under but when i went on that berg lake trip which was way up mount robson like seven hours north of bc um it was glacier water and stuff like that and my buddy and i stank so we just like went in and it was it was really freaking cold don't get me wrong and so cold that we like we didn't want to go under but i was also just like man what happens if we get in there and you you literally stop like you you just can't like you're thinking i need to get out of this but you're you you it was like if that happens that won't be good but i figure Mm -hmm. if we were to do something like that we go somewhere where it's like easy enough to like pull somebody out it's not like we're jumping off a dock and i feel like your body weight up right it's just like so. Exactly. Yeah, I think like we do it on the shoreline, and like if you're getting under, like you're going to be getting under in shallow water. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. And then yeah, I, I know like a couple of people have died doing the Wim Hof thing, and then jumping into water. One just like locking um, up and dying. Like. <laughs> and then and then yeah, your muscles seize and you and you drown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that's why you have somebody that's not jumping in that can pull you out. Yeah, it's tie a rope and around And not you. just jumping into a. <laughs> yeah. Don't jump into something that's deep enough to drown in. Yeah, you know, like like, like a hole in the ice where you like go be... down and like. <laughs> like. I'm not gonna try to jump in somewhere where I have to tread water. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's it's more like the it's trying to actually like hold yourself above the water that's gonna make you drown. It's not you're not gonna completely seize off on, enough that you can't just like stand like stand up straight. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. So, um, but I'm anyway, 100 yeah, in. Let's... Like, 
Okay, sick. All right, because I've, I've actually been thinking about that. I was like, ah, oh, it would be so cool to to do that at Lake Louise, where it's like so. It's gonna be so cool. <laughs> yeah, and we we should like do a few other spon like spontaneous things. If we see something, we should just be like, oh, let's pull over and check that out. You know, like oh, let's just do this. Yeah, like, totally. Oh um, yeah, I'm no. Fully, let's make like yeah. like make like a proper road trip out of it yeah, where we exactly. enjoy ourselves along the way mm -hmm. so i'm like a mission i have no plans i got no deadlines i got no and i'm super pumped about that especially because like if i was by myself i'd be like man okay maybe i'd do that but i just be like hey it's more practical to get there faster because then what the hell but going with yeah. a couple friends it's just like we got no agenda i've never you never the amount of times in my life where i don't have an agenda is like very few so it's just like it's like whoa I can, it's like a, it's like like an RPG where you're playing and there's no, you can walk there instead of like an invisible boundary stopping you. It's just like, all right, let's go check it out, you know. Anyway, explore, adventure. I feel like that was super nerdy. Relating my life to <laughs> walk down to a video game it should be the other way around, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. Just a good reflection of the way, yeah, man. The world is right now. Well, we're pretty much at uh, time. I've got to do a few things is there anything uh else you'd like to shoot up wait <laughs> <laughs> shoot up well maybe not but i i'm i think i'm good cool cool <clears throat> um awesome well i think next week like i think we fine. need to work on our we need to probably need to work on our concluding statements <laughs> yeah exactly don't shoot up anybody and um or <laughs> Sounds bad for two things. First, I said, do you want to shoot something yeah, up? And then I said, don't shoot anybody up. Um, let's just drop the whole shooting part. Let's help with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do like, I was shoot. thinking about how people like podcasts like end their things. It's just like Joe Rogan, for example, is just like, um, well, hey, listen, we're at, uh, it's been, what? How many, how many hours has it been? Three hours. Holy, three hours. Okay, cool. Uh, anything you want to throw out there? And then the person's just like, oh, yeah, I got a book signed. It's like, perfect. Well, thanks so much. And then it's like, done. It's like, huh. So he just kind of yeah. like ends it whenever. But for us, it's, I think like the idea of having a time limit is good. It's just like, okay, well, we hate, we're almost at the hour. Um, I think we're good. I mean, that sucks. I think we're good. You change that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are done now. <laughs> All right. I am stopping recording now.